April 2022 is quite the exciting month for planets. Well, if you like getting up early. We've got four of the five visible planets hanging out together in the mornings. Mercury has its best apparition for the year in the evenings. And we've got two conjunctions of morning planets and some possible meteors. Welcome to Observing with Webb, where a high school astronomy teacher tells you what you're looking at, why it's so cool, and what you should check out later this month at night. So let's, uh, we're, we're going to get into the planets, which is going to be the big thing. We'll talk about a couple of events, and then we'll talk about a few constellations. So let's get started with the planets. So starting at, uh, let's go with sunset now, because that's when most of us can look the most. So um, really all we have is Mercury, and it's only for the last week or two of April. Now they say it's going to be the best apparition of Mercury this year, so if you're going to see it, now's your best chance. So the last two weeks of April, Mercury should, yeah, for the last two weeks in April, Mercury should be visible. But the 30th is going to be the best day because Mercury gets higher in the sky than ever, and it actually doesn't set until 9.45 p.m. So just get out after sunset, look west-northwest, and that first point of light that you're going to see is Mercury. Now, bonus though here is that if you get out on the 30th, Mercury will be right next to the Pleiades. Okay, So if you got binoculars or a low-power telescope, you can actually see them in the same view in the telescope, which would be just, I don't know, pretty darn cool. You can see a, a planet and a whole bunch of stars in the same view. All right, so throughout the night, we don't have any planets. It's the morning when things really get going. So um, let's let's think about this. We've got in the morning, we've got Venus, Mars, Jupiter, and Saturn. Now let's use Venus as our guidepost, right? Because Venus is super bright, super easy to see. Okay. It is the most visible object in the morning sky. So uh, for all of these planets, we're looking southeast. We want to get up about 5 a.m., maybe after 5 a.m. Some you might see at 4.30. But let's go with Venus. So after 5 a.m., look southeast, and you will see the highlight of the spring and summer mornings this year, which is Venus. It'll be about 20 degrees above the horizon and almost impossible to miss. The brightest object in the morning, and it's going to blaze as that morning star until, I believe, September. So Venus is up there. Now Mars, Mars starts February about five degrees to the right of Venus. And Saturn's actually nearby as well, okay? But Mars is considerably dimmer than Venus, so you'll have to get out there before dawn starts when it's still dark. And look right around Venus for the little red thing in the beginning of the month, about five degrees to the right. What happens is throughout April, Venus moves away from Mars. And by the end of the month, it's about 15 degrees away from Mars, um, with still Mars to the right, about 15 degrees on the 30th. Okay? So Venus and Mars sort of spread apart. We also have Saturn, right? Now, Saturn begins the month in between Mars and Venus, which we just talked about, okay? But it's going to be a little bit lower than them, so they make a cool triangle. And then on the 5th, 
Saturn actually passes Mars in its rightward march away from this cluster of planets. And in fact, on the 5th, it's less than one degree away from Mars. So if you're keeping track of events, the 5th, you're going to see Saturn and Mars really close together. Absolutely worth a look in your telescope uh, or just with your naked eye. Now, onward through the month, Saturn continues to move rightward, ending April about 17 degrees to the right of Mars, right? So in the beginning, it's Venus, Saturn, Mars, all together within five degrees. By the end of the month, it's Venus, Mars, Saturn, going from left to right. And they're about, mm, I want to say, 30 degrees in total, something like that. I should check my math. Either way, um, those are sort of hanging out, doing their thing there. Jupiter is the one that's kind of joining the party. It's coming into its own this month because on April 1st, it rises after 6 a.m. So it'll be very low, very hard to see in the twilight. Uh, and it's going to be um, far away from that little cluster of Venus, Saturn, and Mars. But each day from here, uh, it's going to rise earlier and it's going to be higher in the sky. And it's actually going to be pretty visible, uh, pretty easily visible by mid-month. That's when Jupiter, Venus, Mars, and Saturn are all lined up and just about equally spaced. It's going to be really neat to see. But So remember, mid-month, Jupiter, Venus, Mars, and Saturn all lined up equally spaced. A little string of planets. Now, what happens through the rest of the month is Venus then closes in on Jupiter. And in fact, on April 30th, the pair are less than one degree apart. So on April 30th, Venus and Jupiter in the mornings get up around 5 a.m. And you can see Venus and Jupiter, I would think the two brightest planets. I don't know if Saturn gets in there, but I would think they would be. But these two very bright planets, both within, or sorry, within one degree. Of, in fact, I think it's less than half a degree of each other, which is about the width of the full moon according to my friend Dave, who just corrected me on that <laughs> a couple days ago. Uh, but anyway, those are the planets. So remember Venus, Mars, Saturn, and Jupiter in the mornings, and Mercury around sunset at the end of the month. So uh, this is one of those unique months where we actually start off with a new moon on the first of the month. Uh, then the first week of the month is evening crescents, looking west after sunset. First quarter moon is on the 9th, and that means we've got the evening gibbous moon uh, in the second week. Okay, We've got the full moon on the 16th, waning gibbous after that, last quarter moon on the 23rd, and then after that we've got the morning crescents. Now, as far as the events go, we already talked about April 5th, the conjunction between Mars and Saturn. Um, just one thing to highlight about that, again, is when you look for Mars and Saturn being uh, very close about, they're, they're, they're seven degrees to the right of Venus. Um, but when you look at them both, what's going to be neat is the contrast between Mars and Saturn, right? So Mars is going to be red. Saturn's kind of that light caramel uh, sort of color. Uh, because you don't normally see that when you look at them when they're far apart. When they're close together, you can really contrast them a lot better. 
Now, really nothing else is going on for the first three weeks. Then we've got the Lyrid Meteor Shower. Now, I, I was debating bringing this one up because it's only 10 to 20 meteors per hour, and typically getting up in the morning is the best time to look at this, but we have a moon washing out in the morning, so we won't be able to see as many... Um, as many meteors in the morning, but you know, a lot of us just go out at night. So, well, yeah, get out there. Go ahead, see if you can find the me the Lyrid meteor shower. Uh, you might also see some on the 21st and 23rd as well. But April 22nd is the peak, and uh, the cool thing to remember about this is that every single meteor that you see is a piece of debris that is left over from a comet, right? And we're crashing into it at over 100,000 miles per hour. And that crushes the atmosphere that the meteor hits, which heats it up and causes the bright flash. Okay? Now, if, uh, if you want to do this, I usually set my alarm for 20 minutes. I say, look, I'm going to warm up. I'm going to get outside. I'm going to stay out there for at least 20 minutes. And I see what I see. If I don't see a lot, I don't see a lot. If I see a lot, I do. But waiting for that next one, that one final one, that could take half an hour. So, you, you know, be smart about it. Now, up pops the last week is where we basically just push everything together, right? 23rd to the 30th. But let's go with from the 23rd to the 27th. We have a nice close encounter uh, because remember we talked about those morning planets. Now the moon comes in, right? So let's set the scene. Each morning, um, if we get out between 4.30 and 5 a.m., you'll see Venus. Jupiter will be to the left about 6 degrees, Mars will be to the right about 13 degrees, and Saturn about 13 degrees further to the right. So left to right, it's Jupiter, Venus, Mars, Saturn, right? Now, from, no, sorry, what happens over the next week or so is that the moon travels through that lineup. Now, on the 23rd, the moon is 22 degrees to the right of Saturn. And so you have a lineup of those four planets and the moon. Now, the next night, um, it's on the 24th, it's only, the moon is only about 10 degrees to the right. Then on the 25th, the moon moves in between, a little bit below Mars and Saturn, making a nice triangle. Then it switches dance partners up on the 26th, moving between and below Venus and Mars. Now, finally, on the 27th, the moon is closest to some planets for this trip, only about five degrees below both Venus and Jupiter. So get out in the mornings of that week and just keep taking a look and see those planets and the moon going through them. The 30th. Oh, my goodness. We got three things going on on the 30th. Let me get the weakest one out of the way. Okay. Partial solar eclipse. That's actually pretty cool, but you probably won't see it because it's only visible in the western South America and the ocean around that area. So in this age of information, you can check out social media for pictures and live streams and all kinds of stuff, but um, you won't be able to see it live unless you, I don't know, get on a plane and go to South America. Good for you. Now, also on the 30th, we've got that close encounter between Mercury and the Pleiades. If you get out after sunset, you get a nice view of the northwest-north horizon, uh, or west-northwest. 
that's a weird way to write that. But anyway, the first light in the sky that you'll see will be Mercury on the night of the 30th. And it's in its crescent phase, which is pretty cool. And again, look for the Pleiades about one degree to the right of that. Last thing is also on the 30th, we've got a conjunction between Jupiter and Venus. They are only half a degree apart. So you got to get out there by 5 a.m. at the latest because they rise at about 4.30. And they look east-southeast with a decently low horizon. And you find the very bright Venus and also very bright Jupiter less than a pinky width to the left of Venus. So get out that telescope, get them both in the same view. Things are looking up for April. Let's take a moment and move on to some constellations. So real quick after dinner, um, if you're getting out there, go ahead and see if you can find Leo, um, Orion, and his winter companions for your last chance, right? Leo's going to be high in the south, almost straight above you. It has a backward question mark with a right triangle to the left of the question mark. Also, take a, take a moment to get your last glimpse of Orion, Taurus, the Pleiades, Gemini, Auriga, and Canis Major. They are off in the west. Let's say you're going out there a little bit later, like before bed. You've got the Big Dipper and Bootes. Uh, if you look above Leo, behind you and high in the sky, you should find the Big Dipper. Seven very bright stars that form a spoon shape. Now, if you take that handle of the Big Dipper, follow its curve to the next bright star you see, about 30 degrees away, that is Arcturus. You're following the arc to Arcturus. Brightest star in Bootes, or Booties whatever. Um, and that one looks kind of like a kite or an ice cream cone. Um, but anyway, let's go back to Big Dipper. Follow the arc to Arcturus. Take that same curve and follow it about another 20 degrees to speed on to Spica. That is the brightest star in Virgo, one of my favorite constellations, as it looks like the Dickinson Mermaid to me. Now, we've got uh, also before work, let's say you're getting up early, taking out the trash, you can find Lyra, Hercules, and the Hercules Cluster. Pretty much look straight above you and find the brightest star up there. You'll notice a parallelogram attached to it. This is the brightest star, Vega, part of the constellation Lyra the Harp. And next to that is a keystone-shaped constellation called Hercules. On the right side of the keystone is a small cluster of stars known as the Hercules Cluster. And it's a collection of hundreds of stars just on the outskirts of our galaxy. Given how high it is in the sky right now, you might be able to catch its faint fuzziness just with your naked eye. But a uh, set of binoculars or a small telescope will really help you see it. And that is it for April. So uh, please don't forget that this podcast is on uh, Podbean, mrweb.podbean.com, Stitcher, iTunes. Uh, there's also a video version, which I will be uploading to YouTube, Mr. Web PV. I can also be found on Twitter and Instagram, at Mr. Web PV. And the PV Planetarium is at PV Planetarium on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So... Um, 
with that, I hope you get out there, especially that last week of April. Check out those planets and, um, yeah, make sure you set that alarm. All right, here I am wishing you very clear, dark skies for the month of April.